everyone to the Apocalary Podcast. I'm Steve. He is Reverend Dr. Lawrence Van Beek. Yeah. Welcome to January, everyone. We're here. Oh, are we so happy that it's January? We're excited to be back with you. And I, I felt that you needed all the credentials, or at least the first half of the credentials, because um, I had no time to prepare. <laughs> I haven't even looked at it. Shh, <clears throat> don't tell them that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, I, I, I thought we could make it through anyway. Do you want me to start or do you want to say some stuff first? Oh, I, I have nothing to say other than folks, we're, we're glad to be among you. But my friend, we're going to take a look at Nahum, right? Yes, the Lord's anger against Nahum, it seems. Ooh. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, not against Nahum, against Nineveh. So yeah. so we have actually had a couple of prophecies or three prophecies now. Um, Micah, wasn't wasn't there a piece of Assyria in that one? I believe so. Last week we did. Was it Micah? Micah. Yeah. And um, Jonah. Jonah, of course, was was the deliverance of um, of Nineveh. Right. Right. And now we're we're a few hundred years later, and or a couple hundred years later or so, and we are now God is mad at Nineveh again. So Nineveh is the capital city of Assyria. When he's mm-hmm. talking about Nineveh here, he is um, he's actually talking about he's probably referring to all of Assyria, mm. you know, like talking about Toronto, referring to all of Canada. <laughs> uh, dangerous, but yes, yeah, I get that. Um, yeah, a little dangerous. Or Washington, you know, referring to all the United States. Right. That might be better. Yeah. So it, he mentions the fall of Thebes um, um, in, in this chapter, I think. And Thebes fell about 663 AD. Mm. So the Assyrian captivity, remember BC. they took... The, BC, BC, right. Did, did I say AD? You did, but I thought... Oh, Yes, BC. Sorry, I'm very sorry. Or BCE. Oh, yeah, there you go. Or the I Christian like era. There yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so so you remember the the Assyrian captivity started 722 721. Right. That's when they took Israel captive. Judah Judah is still there mm-hmm. in in the beginning of this, but but uh, Israel, whose capital city was Samaria, um, they're all in captivity now to uh, Assyria. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Assyria then falls. Assyria is has maintains its power in this in this region down to about seven six twelve about down to about six twelve, and in six twelve uh, BC, um, the the uh, the Medes and the Babylonians. Now normally you think of the Medes and the Persians, but this is the Medes and the Babylonians. They they surround they surround Nineveh. They and um, they do a siege for three months, and then mm-hmm. Nineveh. Then they break in and destroy the city and okay. and take over Assyria. So now Babylon comes into power at that point. Okay. I don't know how the Medes always fit into all these. They're like the Medes and the Babylonians, then the Medes and the Persians. Hmm. They're always hanging out with the power. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, a little like Canada, United States. You know, if yeah. they go to war, we send five people. And um, I, I shouldn't say that against our soldiers. Our soldiers will tell you we've been in every major conflict that the United States has been in because Canada does either openly or on the sly send, send people to help. Yep. Yep. So if it's a liberal government, it's on the sly. If it's a conservative government, it's more open. Right. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, so six twelve, um, um, Assyria falls. Okay. So Nahum is speaking, we think somewhere between six sixty three and six twelve, closer to six twelve hmm. is, is this word against um, against Nineveh? 
And what I want us to notice as we're doing this is that is that when God talks to Israel or Judah, he talks specifically about their lack of faith in him. But if he's talking to other countries, he's talking about their actions, not their faith in him. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, with it, with with Judah and Israel, it would be what we would call sins of omission and sins of commission. Mm-hmm. When he's talking to the other nations, it's always sins of commission. Um, right. Because they don't follow God. So he's looking more for their actions. Right. Right. Interesting. They, eh? Yeah. Yeah. How they treat the poor or other nations or. Yeah. And basically how how they treat. um yeah, how they treat Israel as well, and mm-hmm. and this time Judah too. So so here he goes against Nineveh. We can start reading. You can read down to about all the way down to six. Okay, done deal, folks. Nahum one, starting at verse one, a prophecy concerning Nineveh, the book of the vision of Nahum the Eshkelite, Elkelite. Yeah, yeah, he's a uh, like he's 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 he wears the little red hat. He's of the order of the elk. <laughs> He, he, looks good. He, he, looks, he looks good in a fez. Al- Alkashite actually sounds really bad to me. It sounds... <laughs> I, I... Okay. I've been around Alk, and there's a lot of that around. Huh? <laughs> Verse, two. Verse two. I'm the, so sorry. No, it was great. That was good. The Lord is a jealous and avenging God. The Lord takes vengeance and is filled with wrath. The Lord takes vengeance on his foes and vents his wrath against his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger, but great in power. The Lord will not leave the guilty unpunished. His way is in the whirlwind and the storm, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. He rebukes the sea and dries it up. He makes all the rivers run dry. Bashan and Karma wither, at the bl- and the blossom- blossoms of Lebanon fade. The mountains quake before him, and the hills melt away. The earth trembles at his presence, and the world and all who live in it. Who can withstand his indignation? Who can endure his fierce anger? His wrath is poured out like fire. The rocks are shattered before him. Just just talking about um, how incredibly powerful God is. Mm. I, like the, I like the Lord is a jealous and avenging God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, he can dry up rivers. He can dry up oceans. You know, he dried up the path for the Israelites to go through. Now, when he talks about Bashan and Carmel wither in the blossoms of Lebanon, mm-hmm. Bashan we remember from one of the uh, from one of the earlier prophets. Remember, yeah. you know, women are like the cows of Bashan. Yes. Right. Yeah. And and Bashan was these were lush lush places, um, very fertile. Um, stuff grew there really well. Mm-hmm. So you know, lots of ga- grass for the cows. Lots of vegetables if you're growing vegetables. Lots of lots of flowers. Beautiful, beautiful areas. But um, but but before God, he can he can just destroy them. He can mm-hmm. dry them out. And um, even the mountains are going to be afraid of him. They always mm-hmm. do this. They do a lot of the mountains quake and the mountains. You know, people cry for the mountains to fall on them. Mm-hmm. God, mountains were were very important and they're they're very majestic. So they're always a good illustration, right? Of just how little they are before the power of God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So verse seven. Okay, verse seven, folks. The Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust in him, but with an overwhelming flood, he will make an end of Nineveh. He will pursue <clears throat> his foes into the realm of darkness. Wherever or whatever they plot against the Lord, he will bring to an end. The trouble will not come a second time. They will be entangled among thorns and drunk from their wine. 
they will be consumed like dry stubble. From you, Nineveh, has come one-fourth who plots evil against the Lord and devises wicked plans. Yeah, so, you know, the way he talks about that with the wine and stuff, you know, they're going to be entangled and drunk from their own wine. It almost sounds to me like the destruction of Babylon. It does, doesn't uh, it? Remember they got drunk? Remember um, many, many Tekel Eupharsin? And and um, they were they were all drunk and they were using the Lord's um, goblets and things to get drunk, the, the stuff from the temple. And and at that point, the Persians just marched right in and, and destroyed them. Mm-hmm. They actually think that the people were so sick of that leader that they opened the gates and let the Persians come in to destroy them. Oh, and it wow. sounds very much like that. But this time it's Nineveh. Mm. And this this is talking about that thing that's going to happen to them in 612. Mm, mm, mm. So it is this this prophecy then is very much a foreseeing, a foretelling. Remember, we always say prophecy can be foretelling or foretelling. Mm-hmm. Foretelling means you're just, you know, you're preaching a sermon. You're you're giving the words of God to people. Right. But foretelling, you're saying, this is going to happen to you in the future. Mm, mm, that's what mm. he's saying. That's what he's saying in Nineveh. It's coming. It's coming, guys. Yeah. And it's it's kind of fun that after we've gone through Micah and how there was various warnings to Israel and Judah, that now you see almost the same sort of language here in Nahum towards Assyria, right? Yes. Like oh, gonna, yeah. yeah. I'm, <clears throat> Keep going. Okay, verse 12. No, this you were going to say something else. No, that's all I was going to say. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's very cool. Yeah, I, I have no more wisdom. Like, I poured it all out right there. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Some collection of it. Seth, Seth Rogan, we are not. <laughs> yeah, no. I got nothing. Um, all right, verse 12, folks. This is what the Lord says. Although they have allies and are numerous, they will be destroyed and pass away. Although they have afflicted you, Judah, I will afflict you no more. Now I will break their yoke from your neck and tear your shackles away. The Lord has given a command concerning you, Nineveh. You will have no descendants to bear your name. I will destroy the images and the idols that are in the temple of your gods. I will prepare your grave, for you are vile. Look, there on the mountains, the feet of one who brings good news, who proclaims peace, Celebrate your festivals, Judah, and fulfill your no more, No more will the wicked invade you, for they will be completely destroyed. Isn't that interesting? There's that, there's that word, look on the mountains, the feet of him who brings good news. And don't we always tie that into some kind of a Christmas song about Jesus? Yeah. There on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good Now, where else Maybe do we find that? Huh? Yeah, but don't we find that in some pl- that phrase almost somewhere else in Scripture, too? Is it that must from Isaiah? Be, no, nobody knows Nahum. <laughs> we do know, and we know the phrase. So it's got to be. It's got to be somewhere in Isaiah or something. I don't know yeah. where else it is, Steve. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, so now he says to Judah, he says, "This is kind of neat." He says, "the The pressure that you felt from Assyria, because mm. remember, Israel turned to Assyria for help, right. and then eventually Assyria destroyed them, and now and Assyria has been putting pressure on Judah, because remember, Israel." Palestine is where the King's Highway is, and it was a major trade route. So everybody yeah. always wanted it. Yeah. And so so there was always that pressure on Judah. And he says, I am going to take this pressure away from you now. I'm going to remove the pressure of Nineveh. In 612, they're, they're going to be released from Nineveh. Like mm-hmm. Nineveh is going to be destroyed in 612. But in 605, Babylon's going to start taking their people away. Mm. So it's kind of weird that that God says, I'm going to deliver you, 
But right away on the heels of that, they're gonna. It's five eighty six before the the next um, the next exile proper. The Babylonian exile mm-hmm. is five eighty six. But they always talk about Daniel and them going, you know, closer to the early six hundreds. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a very short period of time. But the but they are delivered. They're delivered from Nineveh. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it is kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah. And, and I mean, he's brutal towards, I mean, the prophet speaks the Lord's message, which is brutal towards Nineveh. Prepare, I will prepare your grave. Like, you're done. Yeah. Yeah. Done. And he says, there's a lot of times they say this stuff, like, no one's going to know of you anymore. Your descendants won't, like, there's no descendants to bury your name. And I I don't know how, how complete that is. Mm-hmm. Because you remember they said about um, Jericho, I'm going to crush the walls and you're, you're never going to hear, you're never going to be anything anymore. And then... You know, Jericho, I guess another group of people might have moved in there. Same with Egypt. Um, they'll never hear from you anymore. And Egypt kept going. So so the only thing we can figure, if this is accurate, that it's a different group of people that have moved into there and now possess it. Remember, Egypt was was what they called periods of um, shepherd kings and and centralized kingdoms. Right. So it was under one king over all of Egypt. And then there were Egypt was broken down. into, And they had periods of this. Right. So, so I don't know whether whether Nineveh was destroyed this completely, mm-hmm. and it's one of those weird things with um, with articles and and prepositions and stuff. When they say um, that all of Jerusalem came to see see John the Baptist, they didn't mean all of Jerusalem. Yeah, you know, all doesn't always mean all. Yeah, but it, but what it does mean is a thorough destruction of Nineveh. Like when they broke through and they broke down, they destroyed the city. They burned it. Right. I don't know how you burn rocks, but, you know, they burned all the stuff in it. (laughs) They found ways. They found ways. ways. Um, A good good, uh, laser or taser, uh, (laughs) Air Trek will do it. They brought in. Not not a taser. Huh? They brought in. They brought in camel blubber or something like that. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, now, uh, you want to carry on? Yes, we can do that. Yeah. Okay, folks, now we're in chapter two, verse one. An attacker advances against you, Nineveh. Guard the fortress, watch the road, brace yourselves, marshal all your strength. The Lord will restore the splendor of Jacob like the splendor of Israel. Ooh, interesting. Though yeah. the destroyers have laid them waste they have ru- and have ruined their vines, their shields of the soldiers are red. The warriors are clad in scarlet. The metal on the chariots flashes. On the day they are made ready. The spears of the juniper are brandished. The chariots storm through the streets, rushing back and forth through the squares. They look like flaming torches. They dart about like lightning. Nineveh summons her picked troops, yet they stumble on their way. They dash to the city wall. The protective shield is put in place. The river gates are thrown open and the palace collapses. It is decreed that Nineveh be exiled and carried away. Her female slaves moan like doves and beat on their breasts. Nineveh is like a pool whose water is draining away. Stop, stop, they cry, but no one turns back. Plunder the silver, plunder the gold, the supply is endless, the wealth from all its treasures. She is pillaged, plundered, stripped. Hearts melt, knees give way, bodies tremble, every face grows pale. So there is a very clear image of of what's going to happen with in 612 
Mm-hmm. Like he just lays it out in 612. And don't forget, Assyria is is the major power of this mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Like, like this is rise and fall of major powers. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and Assyria is there, and then and then uh Babylon comes in with the Medes because they're not strong enough on their own at this point. Mm-hmm. They come in with the Medes and just destroy them utterly. Mm. You know, the, the shields are red, the warriors are clad in scarlet. Don't know if he's saying that this is the colors that they were wearing or if they were covered in blood. I'm not sure mm. which. Yeah. It was and it was like a, a fearsome thing to see. Maybe that's what they were trying to get out of. Totally fearsome. And but but you know, that's weird when you were a superpower. Mm-hmm. And now they're you're you're gonna come out of this and be nothing. Yeah. Right. And uh and that's what that's what God said. You're going to they're gonna plunder your city. Mm. They're gonna they're gonna kill them. Even the slaves are gonna beat their breasts, and they're gonna kill you. And um, it's over for you. It it is over. That's that's something that'd be like me going to Washington and saying, "It is over for you. You are going to fall into into utter disarray." You'd never see me doing that, right? You'd never no. see me doing that. Um, they're too powerful mm-hmm. at this point. At right. this point, they're they're really struggling right now, but they're, you know, they're still a superpower, mm-hmm. and um, um, that's what's happening here. Yeah, we when it, when, like when said, God's had it. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm with you. Go ahead. When God's had enough, it's it's enough. Yeah, because it must be so foreign. Just like you said, that that thought is so foreign. Just like it was to think that there could be a fall of the American Empire. To that there could be a fall of the Assyrian Empire or the British Empire or any of these empires that seemingly fell quite quickly, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the Romans probably held on longer than anybody that I knew of. I mean, they were they were hundreds and hundreds of years. Like Assyria here is is a major power for what, 100 and 200 years. Hmm. The United States has only been at it for a couple of hundred years. Like they weren't a superpower until... Um, I, people told me they weren't a superpower until the 1940s, mm. until the end of the second world war, that they were actually considered a power, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? Um, and you know, the, in some of the movies you watch the, the Japanese say, I think we've unleashed the beast. I, I don't think there's any going, going back yeah. from this. Yeah. And th- there's a lot of truth to it. Yeah. You know? That's right. Um, I believe that was in Torah, Torah, Torah. I remember that. You remember the line? Yeah. 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 Uh, verse 11, folks. Now, where is the lion's den? The place where they feed their young, where the lion and the lioness went, and the cubs with nothing to fear. The lion killed enough for his cubs and strangled the prey for his mate, filling his lairs with the kill and his dens with the prey. I'm against you, declares the Lord Almighty. I will burn up your chariots in smoke, and the sword will devour your young lions, and I will leave you no prey on the earth. The voices of your messengers will no longer be heard. I like that he uses the term lions because he's going, Habakkuk is going to use those same terms in the next book when he's talking about Babylon coming. Because mm. mm. this is the destruction of Nineveh. And now Habakkuk's going to say, you know, I mean, the, the people of Judah are awful. And he says, well, I'm going to send the Chaldeans. Mm-hmm. who are swifter than lions, swifter than tigers, swifter than some big fast cat. <laughs> so, there's some kind of cat meow so, <laughs> so and 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 he says the same thing here you're like lions i i watched a show just yesterday and it was um it was the 
um, the dogs, the African dogs, the dingoes going after the lion. And there were probably 20, 25 dingoes were surrounding this one lion. Yep. And he was fighting them off a little bit, but he was starting to get tired. And it looked like they were going to win. And then another lion came. And they they just, they ran away in no time. Like, they just like, no, we're not dealing with two of these guys. Yeah. yeah. See and it, it almost looked like the one lion was saying, I, I'm sorry, bud. I, I was going to get here sooner. <laughs> busy. But I'm no. here now. I'm here now. Oh, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> you know, I was talking to Sheila and she was going on and on and on about on, you know, her up. day. And then I was like, oh, hang on a second. I'm late for Joe. I got to get over there. <laughs> but that's all he's saying. That's all he's saying to Assyria is, you know, as powerful as you think you are, it is almost over. And when it was over, it was just completely over. Yeah. Yep. And and I didn't take, I, I, as I told you, I didn't take the time to look at the um, the political background of Babylon joining with the Medes. Um, in order to do this thing, but this was not uncommon in this in this age. Mm -hmm. And when you read Daniel, I don't think Daniel starts with Assyria. I think Daniel actually starts with Babylon as the golden as the golden head, like the the main superpower of the day. In Daniel's mind, wasn't Assyria; it was Babylon. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting that he wouldn't pick up on them as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Last chapter. Last chapter <clears throat> it is. Starting at verse 1 of chapter 3. Woe to the city of blood, full of lies, full of plunder, never without victims. The crack of whips, the clatter of wheels, galloping horses, jolting chariots, charging cavalry, flashing swords, and glittering spears. Many casualty, piles of dead, bodies without number, people stumbling over the corpses, all because of the wanton lust of a prostitute, alluring the mistress of sorceries who enslaved nations by her prostitution. And, the pe and peoples by her witchcraft. I am against you, declares the Lord Almighty. I will lift your skirts over your face. I will show the nations your nakedness and your kingdoms your shame. I will pelt you with filth and treat you with contempt. Contempt. I will make you a spectacle. And, and all who see you will flee from you and say, Nineveh is in ruins. Who will mourn for her? Where can I find anyone to comfort you? Yeah, so <clears throat> um, this whole idea of the of the prostitute is the is the one is the goddess that they serve in Nineveh, mm. right? Kind of a weird expression. They eh? all throw your skirt over your head. Mm -hmm. That would be um, in in this day and age. I don't. I guess for the Ninevites as well. I always think about the Jewish people, but but there are different cultural um, aspects of every nation. But mm -hmm. obviously, um, you know, throw, sh throwing up your skirt and showing your nakedness was bad for them as well. Yeah. They also did not like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Greeks probably didn't care, but yeah. but, but they weren't they weren't much around. Oh, 400 was the Battle of Peloponnese, right? Mm. So so I cracked the whip and look at the stuff that's going on. Like there's there's bad things happening here. There's blood and there's plunder and there's victims. But there's also flashing swords and cavalry and glittering spears. But then he talks about the about the dead that are going to come from this. So so just another way, and it's just one liners, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Just a way of saying um, you're you're just not making it through this thing. Mm -hmm. you, you're gonna there's blood and death and gore. I will leave no doubt. Leave no doubt. You are gonna die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and this this goddess that you serve, um, not making it either. No. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bad choice serving that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting Came. the little the little comment on witchcraft, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, witchcraft was common all through all through the ages. Deuteronomy speaks against doing witchcraft, but mm -hmm. the the only reason I mention it is it's it's sort of become acceptable in Canada these days again. Mm -hmm. So just just one of those. I wonder if there's going to be a place where God says to us, uh, "You remember all the prophets?" Yeah, the ditto for yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have I have not forgotten. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So thou Thebes. Yeah. Verse 8 folks, are you better than Thebes situated on the Nile with water around her? The river was her defense <clears throat> and the waters her wall. Cush and Egypt were boundless were her boundless strength. Put Put and Libya were among her allies. Yet she was taken captive and went into exile. Her infants were dashed to pieces at every street corner. Lots were cast for her nobles, and all her great men were put in chains. You too will become drunk, and you will go into hiding and seek refuge from the enemy. All your fortresses are like fig trees with their first uh, ripe fruit. When they are shaken, the figs fall into the mouth of the eater. Look at your troops. They are all weaklings. The gates of your land are wide open to your enemies. Fire has consumed the bars of your gates. I wonder if Nahum must have been saying this from quite a distance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I can't imagine standing in front of the army saying, you know, you're, you're just useless weaklings. You're a bunch, bunch of drunk, useless weaklings. That's mm -hmm. what you are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 God sent me here. I'm standing here all by myself. <laughs> yeah. And I am I, telling you this. Yeah. And yet he, he must've used an example that they knew here where, yeah. Where they must have attacked Thebes at one point, right? And actually conquered. Well, Thebes, Thebes was destroyed actually in six sixty three. Hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> Thebes, and they would have they would have known Thebes. Thebes was a major city in Egypt, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and Cush and Egypt are boundless. Um, Put is is one of the one of the cities near Thebes, mm -hmm. but Libya you've probably heard of. Mm -hmm. I mean, our audience must remember Libya. Yeah. Ronald Reagan attacked Libya. Mm -hmm. Who was in charge of Libya at that time? Forgot his name. Muammar Gaddafi. Oh, Gaddafi was in Libya, yep. trained by the United States, I think. Yes. And then, like a lot of those guys, right? They trained yep. them, and then they went off and did their own thing. And and he he threatened um, United States, and Ronald Reagan um, said, "Yeah, I don't think so." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Remember, they used to spell his name R A Y G U N. Mm. <laughs> That might have had to do with his space thing too, but but uh, yeah, he was he was very cool. He was a good actor too. <laughs> so anyway, but you're and again, you're in war. Your your infants are dashed to pieces. That that breaks my heart every time, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it happens in every war. Yeah, like like I have no idea. Being just a you know a sucky guy raised in peace, I have no idea what goes through a person's head where they can start to just kill yeah. babies. Yeah, you know? it happens. Yeah. It happens every every time. Mm. And it was going to yeah. happen to Nineveh too during the siege. Yeah. Yeah. They they talked about that in Rwanda too, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um yeah. So then draw water for the siege. Is that what we're at? Yep. Verse 14, folks. Draw water for the siege. Strengthen your defenses. Work the clay, tread the mortar, and repair the brickwork. There the fire will consume you. The sword will cut you down. They will devour you like a swarm of locusts. Multiply like grasshoppers. Multiply like locusts. You have increased the numbers of your merchants until they are more numerous than the stars in the sky. But like locusts, they strip the land and then fly away. Your guards are like locusts. 
your officials like swarms of locusts that settle in the walls of a cold on a cold day. But when the sun appears, they fly away and no one knows where. Didn't that sound just before you finish reading? Didn't that yeah. sound just a little bit revelation y there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought I thought you might have picked that up. Um, yeah. You've increased your merchants. You remember the merchants coming from all over the seas, and then they're yeah. destroyed, and people are weeping. Yeah, yeah. and even even the description of the great prostitute, right? You know, you're, yeah, kind of this revelation type language, isn't it? It really, it really is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, verse eighteen, King of Assyria, your shepherds slumber, your nobles lie down to rest, your people are scattered on the mountains with no one to gather them. Nothing can heal you. Your wound is fatal. All who hear the news about you clap their hands at your fall. For who has not felt your endless cruelty? Yeah. And that's why God destroyed them. But we got to remember that if if Jonah is in any way real, um, and I believe I'm okay with Jonah, you know, I'm I'm being Pentecost, I'm fine with him being swallowed by a fish and yeah, yeah, get yeah. up on the land. But the important thing there was was he spoke, remember he spoke to Nineveh and everybody repented. Mm-hmm. Well, this was what uh, what we figure in the mid 700s that Jonah mm-hmm. Jonah wrote, mm-hmm. and this is well, this is 150 years later, so it's a lot of people later, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, and it's over for Nineveh. Yeah, yeah. It's, you learn you learn nothing, so therefore I'm going to wipe you off the face of the earth. Yeah, yeah, and and they're destroyed. They in six six twelve they are completely destroyed. Babylon takes over. Yeah. And and the next book that we're going to be will be Habakkuk, mm. talking about Babylon coming. Mm, 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 mm. And you and you you say, does it ever end for these poor guys in 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 Jerusalem and in Israel? <laughs> does it ever end? And it's but it's the the ebb and flow of life is that way, isn't it? It's yeah. it's that way for every country. Yeah. You know, you have these good times and, and everybody turns away from God anyway because times are good. And then you have bad times and people turn back to God. And um, yeah, and it's it, that's exactly what it was. Mm, mm, and that's the mm. end of Assyria. You don't hear of Assyria anymore. That's that. Yeah. That was awesome, my friend. Thanks for leading us through that. As we as we think about how God, you know, we, we look at all these prophecies against Israel and Judah. Now we see how God is dealing with the nations around them that are that have actually attacked them and and subjugated or you know punished Judah and Israel, and this is how the Lord is dealing with all these nations now. Yeah. So, yeah, even though they they were His chosen instrument to deal with Israel, they are also guilty of something that He is going to punish them for Himself too. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that that's hard to follow, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's there's that place where you go. I think God can do what he wants. He... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to believe that he's just. Remember Revelation, yeah. when he's talking about all that stuff, he goes, but he is just. Don't forget, he is just. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know it doesn't look like it. <laughs> <laughs> but he is. But he, but he really is. Yeah. And remember, he said he's slow to anger and he really loves us. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So true. Um, my friend, thanks for doing that. Folks, we're so glad that we, you joined us on this little journey today through Nahum. Uh, hope you found that interesting. I know I certainly did. I was always fascinated by how we see these these things working out of how God is dealing through history, like Larry said. Uh, we'll be back again in just a week's time. Like Larry said, we'll be doing Habakkuk, and uh, we'll go from there. Until then, I was Steve. He was Larry. This was the Apocalypse Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>